0: they're a serial cheater they have no intention of changing. they don't want to leave the relationship they don't want to fix the relationship they just
1: want to keep cheating in this podcast i'm talking to author marriage and family therapist christopher de i apologize for the occasional levels of feedback but it's an occupational hazard of trying to manage a podcast in a house where your wi-fi is clearly overwhelmed because everyone's on a mobile phone or a device have you had much experience of relationships where one of the partners has had an affair and do you think it can be resolved?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I use the Esther Perel model of there are four reasons why people cheat. One is the exit affair where they're done with the relationship and maybe they don't know how to break it off. So they have an affair and then their partner is the one that pulls the plug. They know maybe that's a a line in the sand. So they're doing it to get out, out of the relationship. Yeah. And the second one is the, like, we need to talk affair, or maybe they've been unhappy in the relationship for a long time. They don't want to actually leave the relationship. Maybe they've been begging their partner to go to therapy and work on the things, and their partner is just not interested. So then they do something that kind of triggers a crisis. And this one might not be like a full-blown affair. It might be a flirtation. It might be a text message. Just it's basically to get the partner's attention that like, hey, I'm serious here. Third one is one that is a really interesting one that Esther Perel talks about a lot is it's not really about the relationship. It's about somebody's journey with themselves. And that's the one that if I see people come into couples therapy and they've cheated on their partner and they're like, it has nothing to do with my partner. My partner is lovely. Like they've been an amazing partner to me. It was just something like I was going through a hard time, often the death of a parent can be one of those things where somebody if I'm going through uh, maybe being confronted with mortality and I just whatever reason it is there's never a good reason to cheat on your spouse ever um, but that is something that it goes back to that self respect right when you look at that action do you feel proud of what you've done and if not what do you need to do so that you never are in that same position again right to hurt yourself and to hurt your relationship and so that one actually has quite a high possibility for redemption. And then the last one is, I use the pinky because it's the one that people on social media think is the most common, but I actually think it's the least common, which is the partner is just a sociopath. And that's the one that they don't often come into therapy. And when they do, there's pretty much only two choices, either stay and this is the behavior or leave.
1: Can you tell quite quickly that which one of those it is?
0: Yeah. Even sometimes, and again, every couple is different. But I will go over this and often people will be able to just point it out very clearly. Oh, yeah, actually, I've been trying to break up with my partner for we've gone back and forth for a while. I knew that cheating was the one thing that we couldn't come back from. I'm tired of this roller coaster. That's why I did it or any of the other ones generally. And there are even be some people that will fully admit to this. Like, I just like cheating. I've done it to every partner. I don't think it's going to change
1: options. Why do you think people do that? Is it just a power thing, do you think? Why do people get into I mean, a relationship is- where they've committed to one person and then intentionally go and throw a grenade in it?
0: Kind of what I say in my book in the last chapter, it's selfishness. Ultimately, that's the struggle of being in a partnership is you have to think about the other person. There are some people that have no interest in thinking about anybody else except themselves. They only want to think about what they want, what they need. And they expect everybody else to adjust around that. And those people are generally really bad relationship partners. because they don't care about anybody else. So that's usually what that
1: one is. But I suppose that these people can be very good at fooling you into thinking they're not that person.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's again where it goes back to the how do you feel around this person? If they tell you like, I've sacrificed everything for you. I care about you so much. Is that reflected in their actions? Or do they say that and then their actions are very hurtful and their actions do the exact opposite? Words are cheap sometimes. They can be very helpful when it comes to expressing words of affirmation, et cetera. When it comes to infidelity, it can be more actions than words.
1: I imagine in order to do your job, you have to be quite a kind, compassionate person. And I can tell that from your book. You, you, You do seem very passionate about the job you do how do you put that in a box when you're you're treating people or you're working with relationships and
0: I guess go with the person-centered therapy approach which is I believe that every person at their core wants to do good wants to be good I believe in kind of the essential goodness of human nature that's my stance and there's behavior that can be changed And there are lots of reasons why people choose certain behaviors. Like maybe they grew up in a very, whatever circumstances they grew up in, we adapt to survive in those circumstances. And maybe the circumstances they grew up in, they needed to learn to cheat and lie and steal in order to survive. They needed to learn to be selfish and only look out for themselves. The
1: coping mechanism.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes I look at those things as survival skills. And then that's where that trauma-informed approach is. What would life be like if you didn't have to exist in that mode? Do you think you would be a happier person? Do you think you would be a healthier person? Do you think you would look at yourself with a little bit more respect if you were able to choose different actions that were more in line with who you want to be and how you want to see yourself? And then my job is to help you get there. I'm passionate about relationships. And so it starts with a healthy relationship with self. Self Self-respect.
1: It's a good book. And there's been things that have resonated with me and made me think about my relationship and my role as a father because not only am I a husband but I'm bringing up children it's very important for my daughter to see how I treat her mom and it's very important for my boys to see how and I really want them to see that she look it's it, there's not men's work or women's work it's just work and actually some of my best times the, the closest I've felt to my wife is when I've had really bad times like when my father died or where I've had particular episodes of bad mental health, and she's been, she's basically just carried the torch and just been brilliant. And I often think that real joy is often on the other side of real pain.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, isn't that the hurdle, right? Is that sometimes in order to get to the joy, you have to go through the pain. And so many people are afraid of pain. Like I say in the book, we're so afraid of it that we'd rather. Spend our whole lives tiptoeing around the elephant in the room rather than tackling it. And I've seen so many relationships that kind of just they're enduring it, they're not enjoying it simply because they don't want to do the work to get through the pain. Um, and I think that's such a shame because I mean, we only have one life. You only have one life. Relationships at the end of the day, like my favorite chapter, by the way, um, is nurturing. And especially right now, we're talking about like the loneliness crisis, especially among men. It's like at the end of the day, having quality relationships in your life is going to make the difference between success and failure professionally, right? And how many jobs, how many career successes are all about who you know. It could be life and death. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I guess just with this book, and I, I just think if everyone could have a little bit more relationship skills, we could have a healthier world. People could be healthier within themselves. We'd have better friendships. People would, yeah, just we be better as a society and not be in so much pain Um, but it does require the work of actually looking at am i in pain huh maybe i am or am i avoiding pain huh maybe i am and am i brave enough to tackle this and you're not doing it alone
1: i think that's probably where sometimes people need to shelve their pride and say actually i haven't got the skill set to do this i need some help i need someone who actually is trained in doing this to help if you think about what the money you spend on all other things in your life why would you not invest the time even if it's even if it's not going and seeing a therapist even if it's buying a book and Mm -hmm. and making that your project
0: yeah that's why i tried to pack as much as i can into this book because i was like if you can't afford therapy at least start reading a book at least start looking at the free resources that are out there at least start listening to podcasts do something for yourself so that you can have the life that feels fulfilling that you can have the relationships that feel rewarding so that you can have those people when you are in pain when you do feel alone when you are struggling that you can reach out to them like at the end of the day that's the human experience is being connected to others feeling connected yeah. to yourself having a sense of purpose having a sense of fulfillment and just living your best life right and so i'm trying to do my part to make a difference in that and i I want to make it as
1: accessible as possible for people. I decided to set up this podcast because I really want to create an online community that supports parents, specifically dads, and I suppose even more specifically dads like myself who often struggle their mental health. If you like what I'm trying to do, please follow my podcast or if you watch this on my YouTube channel, please hit subscribe. Thank you so much for watching my podcast. I genuinely appreciate your support. And if you'd like a completely free digital copy of my book, First Time Dad, and would like to join my mailing list, you can do that at www.dadmindmatters.com. I hope wherever you are in the world, you're okay. My book, First Time Dad, A 42 Week Guide to Pregnancy, is available in Kindle and paperback form on Amazon and an audiobook form on Audible. To sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website www.dadmindmatters.com.